This is OJ Howard, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I'm here today as usual, or at least as usual weekly recently. It's the disgusting trash man. Trash man, what's going on, brother? Ah, uh, not too much. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. People see, usually say, "Oh, not too much." I went out for a swim today in the pool. Actually, just I did. I, paint I, actually, the top of the, yeah. actually, I did go swim for a half an hour. Did you go to y. Barton Springs here in Austin? No, I only go to Barton Springs if I want to hang out. I don't actually go there to swim. Why? The water's crystal clear and beautiful. No, I go in the water, but I don't actually like. I don't swim for like. Yeah, uh, work out there. It would no. be one of the. It, it would be the best place to go work out. That that pool is so. Oh, because why? Because you you don't want to be you don't want to be seen as like the dorky one that's in there swimming. You want to be hanging out with the cool kids outside the pool. I just think there are better things to do while there. Well, clearly, <laughs> as far as scenery. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, dude. For for people who don't know, Barton Springs is this like huge natural pool in the middle of Austin, Texas, and it is. Um, it's water that comes straight up from the Barton Springs and Edwards Aquifers. And so it's like super, super cold. It stays, or I guess it depends on what type of year you go because during the winter, like steam's coming off because it's like hot. You know, it stays at 68 degrees all year long. But here in Austin, when it's 98 outside, you could jump at 68 degree water. It literally feels like you got dropped in a, in a <laughs> bucket of ice. <laughs> but the thing is, it's so long. And you can swim from one side to the other. And all you, like, you see definitely a lot of old folks just swimming up the middle of that thing from one side to the other and back. I think if I tried to swim from one side of Barton Springs to the other, I would croak right in the middle of it. Nah, right, you, right as it, I was getting back towards the... Um, Right as I was getting back towards the uh, where the where the, where where the diving board is. Now Byron and I actually used to swim it, you know, during the day. We'd go swim it back and forth a back couple and times. Forth? A couple yeah. times? Yeah. Would you go underwater? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? You mean like lap swim it? I don't lap swim it there. Now if I'm gonna lap swim, I go to the Y. Like that's what I did today. I went to the Y and I lap swam for a good half hour. Let me ask you this. What Whenever I was little, I had a friend, and I'm not going to say his name, but he would go up. Do you know how there's little caves in there, kind of, especially back behind where the uh, where the um, the diving board is? Yeah, that's where it feeds into the pool. Yeah, he would go and he would hang out sort of underneath that cave with his, and he just, and he go down there with his goggles on and just sit under there and wait. And so nobody could see him. And this little perv would wait for the girls to jump in because their bikini tops would always come off whenever they jumped, <laughs> off, whenever they jumped off the pool. And he'd be down there with his glasses seeing underwater. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I, just gonna, I wonder what, what uh, 
malcontent this person turned out to be. He turned out he turned out to be a huge one. I'd be surprised if he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, but yeah. So in, anyway, let's let's get into the pod. A, a, a quick reminder. Uh, please go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership. It's the best way to support your boys here at Rosterwatch, and this is the time of year where we really need it. Uh, it's only $3.99 for the rest of this month. It'll never be that cheap again, so if you've ever thought about getting a Rosterwatch pro membership, uh, right now is the time to get grandfathered in. The PPR cheat sheet is up to version 2.1. I have updated it post-Shady McCoy news. Uh, the updates will be coming in uh hot and heavy here as we get busy in uh in the end of july with all of our adp tools our reference tools our draft tools and specifically the uh, other versions of the cheat sheet the auction sheets the standard cheat sheet the half point ppr cheat sheet and everything else that we're going to have available for you guys again a pro membership at roster watch cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee go to rosterwatch.com don't take my word for it you can go to rosterwatch.com backslash success to read the testimonials I'm telling you, this many thousands of pro members at Roster Watch could not be wrong, and we would greatly appreciate your support. Um, all right, so Trash Man, it was, it was be- before we talk about Shady, because I know you want to, mainly because I, I feel like you just want to talk about goddamn Chris Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> but before we talk about it, it was O.J. Howard that brought us in, and we had a question on Twitter actually about the cheat sheet and about O.J. Howard slotting on the cheat sheet. And what, I, what I'd like to say first is that the cheat sheet is not rankings. The cheat sheet is a magical, mystical, mythical sheet of paper that if you follow the three simple rules, it will give you an expert quality draft. And, and, and the way that that's done is through maniacal simulations, maniacal thought, unbelievable architecture design that allow you to always be gaining leverage against a consistently moving and consistently shifting group of average draft positions across all the different, different providers. And as we take those into, into cumulative form and we run simulation after simulation, we get an idea for where players can be had, when they can be had. And the fact is the O.J. Howard slotting on the cheat sheet does not have to do anything with the way that we feel about O.J. Howard as a player, with the kind of prospect that we think O.J. Howard is. It just has to do with the fact that for his current ADP, there are other guys that we like much, much more in those spots. There are other positions that we like much, much more in those spots. And O.J. Howard's a guy that we're just not getting much of, and I don't feel that bad about it. I'll tell you the reasons why, but I want to hear from you. Where are you right now on O.J. Howard? I know that you were at that senior bowl that he was at, right? Yeah. Like, what, is, what, is, what is your book on O.J. Howard? I mean, at the senior bowl, everybody was talking about him. We didn't really see him do that much on the field, but I guess he didn't really need to because everybody well, we saw how seen fast, what they we, we saw how fast he was and we saw that he had really good hands and he looked really good in those routes. I mean that's what we saw. Yeah, we saw that. I mean, but there were other tight ends who I thought put on I and I guess maybe they had to out of necessity put on, you know, a show out there. OJ Howard seemed it seemed to me like he was kind of going through the motions, but I guess, you know, he didn't really need to to pop off that much. O.J. Howard, I think, I think he'll do better than he did last year. You know, he started it'd be, to. It'd be, it'd be hard not to. I think he only had like twenty. Didn't he have like twenty six? Was it twenty six catches last year? Twenty six targets. All fine. He, he didn't 20, do much he had, last he year. Had, he had he had twenty six receptions for four hundred and thirty two yards, but six touchdowns, which is a a decent amount of touchdowns. If you're talking about pretty, a couple of those were pretty were pretty. Uh, I just. I mean, if you only had 20, 26 catches and six of them are touchdowns, I'd say that's 
I'd say that's pretty efficient in the red zone. And some people would say to fade that kind of efficiency coming into the next season. But I think he's going to improve. I think they're going to start to use him more. Well, here's the thing. They love him. They spend a lot of draft capital on him. I get it. But here's the thing. We know how much Jameis, and who knows about even Jameis. But even if it's not Jameis, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we know how much both those guys love Cameron Brate in the red zone. And Cameron Brace's current ADP right now is 166, and O.J. Howard's current ADP is 138. People are baking in this huge O.J. Howard breakout without realizing that one of the main reasons that Tampa Bay loved O.J. Howard coming out was that he was an unbelievably sick blocker at the college level. I was really surprised. I was going through the PFF grades a little bit earlier today on their signature stats. PFF, I mean, they hated O.J. Howard as a run blocker. They had O.J. Howard actually ranked as last year's worst rookie of the whole uh, first round. Um, but they, have, uh, of, they only had him in two games where they had a positive run block grade on him. Uh, the game um, at New Orleans and the game versus Chicago, he had horribly, terribly negative grades uh, versus New England, a ho- just the worst grade of the year versus Buffalo, uh, horrible versus the Jets, the Dolphins the Falcons, and versus the Lions. Um, his, both his run blocking and his pass blocking looked like they, as far as from PFF, graded out as unacceptable. But here's the thing. When you look at what Cameron Brait was asked to do, he, he, he didn't really have that many run block and pass block snaps. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, so it, to me, it goes to show that, one, they threw O.J. Howard into the fire as far as a blocker because they expected him to do what he did in college. He didn't do what he did in college, but I think that Jason Light in that scouting department, that pro scouting department, and the coach, Dirk Cutter, they all feel like, look, we, we expected some rookie lumps last year for what we were expecting him to do. We're to get him back out there again next year. You know, he's going to improve. He's, you know, he's six foot six inches. He's 250 pounds. He runs like a gazelle. And he just looks like an oversized human, kind of like these. I always say that O.J. Howard looks like one of these basketball power forwards or like not even like basketball small forwards or swingmen. He, he looks like a LeBron James or something. I was about to say Where LeBron just, James. A bit, well, LeBron James is a, he's, he's, he's an he's, athletic specimen. Right. He's, he, he's not as big as LeBron. But what I'm saying is, you know, and I told Byron this on a serious show. Do you know how when you go to a basketball game, you're so amazed because the guys are so big? Well, I've never sat that close at a basketball game, so they're, they all look pretty small to me. You, you've never talked your way into a free basketball game like an NBA game? That's unbelievable. I know. I've gotten to, I've gotten to go to a free NBA game, but, you know, the seats weren't spectacular. No, I can't believe you haven't talked yourself into a, in, in, into a great seat. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and that hasn't come up yet. You know, I'm more interested in the football games. I definitely have. I sat right in front of Jerry at a uh, Dallas game. Um like a couple seasons ago, you know, right there, I was in the. Uh, it was in the. Uh, I guess I. I don't know. I don't remember what the box is called, but you know the area the where the owners' box, the press box. Well, I, well, no, I was the in luxury fr- suite. I was in the luxury suite in front of the press box. Oh, um, okay. And so you know where we had free catering buffet. I managed to weasel my way into that. I'm sure you know, you free of charge, and got my mom in there too, which was special for her. <laughs> you told, <laughs> told him no. You 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 held your nose and said, "They aren't cooking any swine in here, are they?" 
They had plenty of options. They had plenty of options. I'm sure. Well, so anyway, I think what they're saying there with the Bucks is they're saying, look, we're going to get him back. We're going to throw him back in. That's our first-round guy. That's our dude. I get it. They're expecting improvement. I get it. Well, look at – Where where are they expecting improvement? Well, look at – Look at who they have to catch balls in the red zone other than, I mean, they have Mike Evans, obviously, but I mean, yeah. I mean Deshaun Jackson, he's not a big guy. Chris Godwin's not a big guy. Well, Chris Godwin's kind of big. You forget Chris Godwin's kind of big. He, he really is. I mean, he's 6'1", 6'1", just over uh, sub 210. He's not, he's, I mean, I wouldn't consider him big, like. Guy, you get up next to Chris Godwin, he's pretty big dude. He's got big kind of. He's, well, he's got he's got grapevine arms. He's pretty big, man. He's he's, he's stout. I know? well, I just don't see him as you know like a, a primary red zone target in comparison to an OJ Howard. I think Chris Godwin was a great contested catch guy in college. Uh, yeah, but I mean, but why why make him fight for it when you have two guys who are over six five who can who can who can snatch the ball? I mean, and Cameron Brait too. Brait. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get it. It's just I, I here's the thing. The Cameron Brait, the fact that they just signed him to a new deal, and the fact that Jameis is always talking about him, and the fact that he didn't he didn't run many plays. I mean, they paid him. They year. paid him fourteen million over six years. It's not exactly you know they didn't not, pay him fourteen million over six years. That can't be right. That would be like the veteran minimum trash man. I'm fairly certain that's fourteen what they, million over six years. If on. you're fairly certain over that, you are a huge donkey. There's no way that there's a deal. For fourteen million over six years. I'm sorry. In the I'm, National sorry. Football I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My dyslexia. My dyslexia kicked up. It's forty one. Forty one million over six years. Yeah. All right. So forty. Uh, fair, fairly big difference. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, we're talking seven million bucks a year. We're talking seven million bucks a year. They honestly, they're gonna. I mean, they want. He's he's only twenty seven. They they want him locked down through the year twenty twenty three. I mean, this is going to be a team that runs two tight end sets. It's going to be a deal wherever O.J. Howard, they're going to expect him to improve this year. But I'm not, th- I'm not sure that they're expecting him to improve as a guy who's going to be improving in ways that are super valuable to us fantasy-wise. I think he's going to be a great NFL player. He's an all-senior bowl guy. We, we love him. It was a tough decision between him and Evan Ingram. Looking back, it could be completely wrong, not going with Evan Ingram uh, over O.J. Howard. But O.J. Howard seemed like the safest bet at the time. And we, I mean, I know Byron and I at least were a little bit more impressed with that guy coming out of, of practices than Evan Ingram, even though it was really close. Well, I mean, what we learned over the years not to hitch our wagons to any tight end who is outside of the top five. You know, I, get it. I mean, I get it, man. But here's the here's the thing. OJ, people are expecting OJ Howard to break out in a way that a top five wide receiver or a top 10 wide receiver with that kind of draft capital is going to break out. Are they really? And yes. It's, it's yes. Yes. That has to do. Or what, what else could be baked into his ADP to be making him being take taken however many spots. I mean, higher than Cameron Bray. He's being taken right now in the 12th or the 13th round. I mean, so what he was like 30 picks ahead of Bray right now. Yeah. 30 picks ahead. He's being taken at the 11 12 turn. I mean, I think, you know, he's, he's a better athlete than Bray. Well, right. Do I get fantasy points for that? I want the targets. 
I don't want a guy who they think is going to be a great athlete that, lo- that, that looks like an oversized human being that can, that can get his hands up in your chest without getting overextended and drive your ass off the football. I think that probably these horrible grades that he got in run blocking from pro football focus probably came from the fact that he got overaggressive due to the natural abilities that he had. They're going to harness those things. And they're going to want to make him dominant in that department because, let's face it, that offensive line – Needs help. Well, where's I, you know what I mean? Like, so I just I don't I don't well, think well, that can't I I don't think that OJ Howard or his current ADP. I'm not taking any I'm not taking any tight end at the 11 12 turn. Do you know what I'm taking at the 11 12 turn? I'm taking a quarterback. Miller, I'm taking no. I'm t- I'm taking a quarterback in the 14th round at the 11 12 turn. I'm taking Anthony Miller. I'm taking Alan Hearns. I'm taking Kelvin Benjamin. If if if, if need be, I'm I, I might reach for Kenny Galladay. Josh Doxson, these types of players. I'm trying to get these post-type sort of sleeper, uh, wide rec- value-wide receivers, because I know that through round six through, say, nine, nine or ten, that is going to be a value treasure trove, as guys like Ronald Jones are falling, guys like Carrion Johnson are falling. Um, there are C.J. Anderson, loads, loads of players like this, where you can get a whole stable of kind of your running back four through running back six there through that spot. And then I'm, I'm pivoting back to wide receiver there in that part of the world. There's no way I'm going to be taking some kind of O.J. The only, the only tight end who I'm taking if he falls to that part of the, the ADP landscape is going to be your boy, Jordan Reed, and just cross my fingers and hope he can stay healthy. Oh, you think he's going to drop that far? He, he has been in the, probably 20 to 25% of simulations that I've been running huh. PPR. Well, I hope that's what our drafts are like. <laughs> it won't happen at <laughs> final, final, final word on O.J. Howard. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. Thumbs, thumbs out to the side. I mean, I don't know. Like, is your argument that, you know, that he should be closer to Brader, that he just shouldn't be high at all, that high at all? My argument... This is basically a long-winded answer to a question that somebody is, uh, keeps on pestering me about on, on our side. It's like, why the no, fuck do you guys hate you, OJ stop, Howard? Stop it. Stop it. Well, just tell him. You know, we've never... I mean, would you we hit We don't your- hate OJ Howard, and the cheat sheet is not rankings. But the fact of the matter is, it's impossible to get OJ Howard in fantasy football where he's currently being valued because with the structure of how we are drafting, at least right now... It's just too. It's too hard to make it happen. Well, just you know, some take out OJ Howard and put any you know middling <laughs> to possibly improving tight end, you know, and and we'll put him in the same. We'll, they'll be in the same boat. It's like it's not. It's not personal. Yeah, nothing personal. Nothing personal for OJ Howard. The 2018 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical, it's mystical, it's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. Um, okay, so let's move on. We have, we all right, just Shady McCoy. Byron and I talked about it on the last podcast. Let's hear your thoughts. Well, I'm not that interested about Shady. <laughs> well, do you think he did it? I could see him doing it. 
I wouldn't put it past him. How do you get the nickname Shady? <laughs> well, yeah, that doesn't exactly help his case. And there's, there's, you know, there's. He's had some suspect behaviors in the past. Maybe not, maybe not involving violence, but definitely involving well, him. Well, I mean, there was certainly something with a few off-duty police officers who to sued him and his friends, right? Yeah. And then there was, yeah, and then the rest, sure. the restaurant incident. A couple of restaurants. <laughs> you talk about the one where he didn't tip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. They say, you know, and they say in Buffalo, they say in Buffalo, there have been character red flags with, with Shady. You know, that's, that's all there is to it. Then this whole deal, which is, boy, the statement from Delisha Corden's attorney is pretty damning. You know, if, it, if you know, the case that they're laying out is that, you know, all of this stuff just really points back to the fact that, for one, we've, all right, we, we have the police saying that this was a targeted attack, right? And then you have the statement from her lawyers saying that, you know, it was specific bits of jewelry that they wanted back. Those pieces of jewelry just happened to be the ones that Shady McCoy had been asking back that he'd given her as gifts. Um, it was just only the day before that she was supposed to be evicted, but that got pushed back because of some sort of uh, proceeding that her lawyer had to do with one of his court cases. Um, there was just, there was, you know, there was issue after issue, and then on top of all of it, there weren't any signs of forced entry. That dude had a key. I mean, so who gave it to him? I think he's got a lot of explaining to do at this point where Byron and I left it and where we left it on version 2.1 of the cheat sheet is we're not taking Shady unless he falls to round 10 or so of our drafts. And we're just hoping at that point that maybe this thing all gets cleared up. Goodell comes in, tries to sweep everything under the rug, slaps him with an Ezekiel Elliott six-game suspension. I feel like if you can get Zeke with a six-game suspension, um, you know, what was Zeke going for whenever he had the six-game suspension? I know some people were, kept, were taking him like you, taking him in the second round, hoping <laughs> yeah. it would get overturned. But the people who didn't think it was going to get overturned were taking him fifth or sixth round. I think probably a five-round discount for that for Shady because you don't know if once he comes back they're going to tell him to take a walk, you know, whether, whether or not he's maybe booted out of the league for good. I think 10th round is fine. 10th round is fine. I don't know. I, I think it might be a season-long ban for him. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The, 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 NFL doesn't ha- the NFL doesn't have to go by precedent. They don't have to no. do anything. They can do no. whatever they want. They can tell these guys that they got to do like they, they they just straight up tell these dudes what what to do, and they and then and, and these guys until they're willing to. It's like Mike Florio always says on Pro Football Talk and the PFTPM podcast, which is a highly highly successful podcast. What like what he always says, until these guys show that they're willing to give up game checks, the NFL is going to keep just bossing them around, and no one's going to give up game checks. So I mean they're just gonna, like. The NFL is just going to do what they want to do without any precedent. The NFLPA is going to bitch and bitch and bitch, and they're going to tell the NFLPA, you know what, just go, go ahead and turn around real quick, bend, bend over. Okay, <laughs> let me stick the banana real quick up your tailpipe. Yeah, <laughs> Get ready for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see, you, uh, you, this you, is, you this can see Goodell doing it. This, uh, this, this, uh, it's the banana in the uh, tailpipe. I, uh, yeah, maybe so. Um. I'm more interested, though, in the fallout of, I mean, I think he's going to get suspended. I don't know how long or how short it's going to be. I'm thinking at least six games. 
Um, if it's as, I mean, and this to me seems even more potentially um, damaging than what happened with um, with Elliot last season. Potentially more damaging. Trash man. <laughs> it's it's clearly more damaging in every sense of the term. Yeah. So I mean, so wouldn't you expect that the punishment would be? Um, more severe too. I mean, like six games seems optimistic to me. Yeah, it could be the season because the, here's here's the thing with Zeke. Do you remember the Zeke photos? Those were the things. Like, I'm not going to belittle anybody's experience, and I don't want to get in trouble here on the podcast. Oh, fuck. I mean, what are, what are, I mean am I going to fire myself or you and Byron going to fire? I I just I I wonder when the, when you looked at those pictures of Zeke Elliott's accuser. You know, some of those bruises, if I remember correctly, I remember some of those I kind of had to squint a little bit to see the, you know what I'm saying? See see, see the bruising? Yeah. Pick, picture where it was. Clearly, that doesn't make any of it acceptable. And, and you know, they had the, they, you know, even though he was found, even though there were no charges that were ever pressed, like the NFL, they still did their fucking Keystone Cops, you know, uh, <laughs> fucking whatever uh, they investigation were, they and were, they came up with the idea that he was somehow at fault for something and i think it was aggregate too because he pulled the girl's shirt down and he had done a couple of other things he jumped in the salvation army kettle and everything else like that <laughs> <laughs> no, i think that you know i think they were setting a precedent after they dropped the ball on their whole ray rice ordeal yeah and, they, and it, was, it, it was just then coming into the age of me too whereas now we're in the th- big big thick of it and we've seen in the age of Me Too how the Jameis Winston thing was handled, which was really sneakily and shadily. Wherever you know they they probably tried to give him six, and he said, and and he tried to appeal, and they said, we want to get the discussion back to football. This is the era of Me Too. And what Jameis probably said is, he said, look, and what his what his agents probably said is like, look, it's best for all of us that the details of this thing don't get out. My client didn't do any of this bullshit, right? Is what he's yeah. saying. And for you, you don't want people thinking that your players did this kind of bullshit. That's one of your young stars and blah, blah. Let's not drag anybody through the mud because this ultimately drags. And so they just said, we're, we're just going to bring it down to, to whatever. To the, to, is it now at four games or three? It was four last time I saw. Did it okay. get reduced? No, I think it's probably four. But I think it was six to start, and it, and it was reduced. And I think probably with this deal, and here's the one thing that could happen. If it's on, if if the investigation is still ongoing, coming into you know towards the end of training camps, like week three of the preseason, Shady's going to go on the commissioner's exempt list, and he's not going to be able to play, right? He's going to be looking to collect his paychecks, but it's going to be an Adrian Peterson situation from the year that he beat his that he allegedly beat his kid. <laughs> yeah, right. It so looks like it. I, I think that's what we're looking at. So with all that being said, with that's what we think it looks like, not being detectives, but having slept at a Holiday Inn Express at some, <laughs> at some, point, at some point in our lives. Chris Ivory, what do you got? Chris Ivory, I mean, look at his last year or last couple years in Jacksonville. I mean, he... I mean, he hasn't had a thousand-yard season since 2015, and then when he was on the Jets. Um, and if you're looking at his last season, where he was the primary running back, I mean, he had a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, uh, well, eight touchdowns if you count receptions as well. I mean, so that wasn't a bad season for him. And I think if you know things go like 
they seem to be going, it could be another year where Chris Ivory is the predominant back in on a team that runs the ball more than any other team in the league. Any worry about the fact that DeMarco Murray could end up there? It seems like that sure would be a good landing spot for him. I was telling Byron my issue with that would be that DeMarco Murray is an upright runner that takes a lot of a pounding if he doesn't have a good offensive line. I like DeMarco Murray behind that Cowboys offensive line. Yeah. I like I like him behind guys like, you know, Conklin and uh, uh, what's his name? The big left tackle from Michigan for the Titans. Uh, Taylor Luan, you know, these guys like that. I, I like him running behind road grading big offensive lines. That offensive line in Buffalo is probably going to be the worst one in the entire National Football League. I think that that really, really hurts a guy like DeMarco Murray's chances there. I mean, Chris Ivory's always been a run-to-contact violent runner. That's why he always gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think because they do run the ball that much, and we've seen what, you know, what the Bills look like when they have, have two running backs who you know, are running pretty well, and both of them seem to get plenty of action. You know, with Travaris Cadet, he's never had a season where you know, he's actually had more than you know, 20, 25. Why are we talking about Travaris Cadet? Because he's the guy behind Chris Ivory. <laughs> There's nobody else on that. How did they, how did they build this roster? This, the, the, the wide receiver, this literally, this roster on, on the offensive side of the football looks like an expansion team. This looks like something that they put together for one of these new springs. Uh, it looks like something for the XF, for the new XFL. Just absolutely horrible. And you're, before you know it, you're going to have a rookie quarterback in there. If it's not him, it's going to be Nathan Peterman that threw the five picks in one half versus the Chargers last year, or A.J. McCarron. I mean, well, let yeah, me... you're right. You're right. I mean, all right, Trashman, I, th- I think you're right. Look, I'm, I'm officially on board that we need to be thinking hard about Chris Ivory be, you know, just kind of getting in, getting out in front of this thing. What is just if you go out on a limb and LaShawn McCoy is out for the 2018 season. That's and, not a long limb. And that's and, and that's not a long limb. If you go out on that not so long limb, can you tell me right now that Chris Ivory, if he stays healthy, is going to be at least a mid-level running back two for the 2018 fantasy season? If they do not pick up, you know, another marquee running back, yes.